0: And welcome into the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have another guest from Duke University. We have Tommy Otley. Tommy, welcome in.
1: Hi Chase, thank you for having me. Really excited to get the chance to talk to you.
0: All right, Tommy, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction of who
1: you are and kind of what you do at Duke. Hi, I'm Tommy Otley. Um, originally from St. Louis. Um, I did my undergrad at Asbury University um, and then PT school at the University of North Georgia. And then last year did a uh, do a uh, sports residency at Duke, and then this year I've been able to continue on at Duke and doing their Division One sports fellowship. Uh, so my day to day is a little bit mixed between working in the clinic uh, and then I work over at Duke Athletics as well and cover a variety of sports over here.
0: Gotcha. And so, what drew you into Sports PT? Was there a particular incident or experience that kind of made you realize that you wanted to follow this as a career path?
1: Yeah, I knew I wanted to do PT for a long time. Um, My brother had some sports injuries um, when he was in high school, and so didn't have his license yet, so I'd drive him to PT and really got hooked on that as a career and definitely knew that was something I wanted to do. And then uh, into college, uh, I swam swam through high school and into college, and then when I was a junior, I got in a car wreck, and so I had to go through PT myself, and that just solidified doing it in a sports sense um, because I had an athletic trainer, physical therapist, team physicians everybody kind of working with me as a whole and I just knew that was the kind of environment I want to work in and, and that interdisciplinary kind of team um, so that kind of def- definitely pushed me down the uh, the, the college uh, sports route
0: gotcha and so after you finish your time um, at PT school uh, what drew you to do want to do a residency and then why Duke's
1: residency in particular yeah, I, I'm not an athletic trainer by trade, and so I knew I had uh, some areas to fill in to potentially get into the sports scene as a PT. Uh, so that's what, one of the big things that stood out to me in residency might help me make that jump into the sports environment um, and being able to work in the sports medicine setting. Duke's program stood out to me just because it offered a variety of different coverage opportunities. Uh, to me, I, I as not being an athletic trainer, I wanted to, to get some autonomy and being able to learn the field Um, coverage skills and Duke's program is based out of a high school outreach program and so you're able to work pretty directly with each of the um, uh, local high schools that you work with and their athletic training staff as well as a PT um, ATC uh, mentor too so you get to kind of learn the skills from them and then um, apply them um, directly uh, as taking on a little bit more of a main role in that Um, and then they also have some opportunities to cover the collegiate environment and get to see what that looks like at that level too. So it was kind of a big fit for me. The biggest thing for me was just being the, the interdisciplinary, just interdisciplinary nature of the program. And when I first came in on my interview, I got to talk with um, some of their uh, team physicians and uh, primary care sports medicine providers and orthopedic physicians. And uh, that just really sold me in just the interdisciplinary nature and how they all communicate together.
0: Right. And so during your residency, kind of talked about like that interdisciplinary nature because you obviously had it on your interview, but what would your like day-to-day be like? Were you kind of talking with um, physicians about patients throughout the clinic or even like through the high school outreach program? Or uh, was it more like sparing or was it pretty much an everyday kind of deal?
1: Yeah, it happened a lot and it's, it's built into our program really pretty heavily. And that's been a really cool experience for me is our sports, um, outpatient sports medicine clinic is like adjacent to the MD clinic. And so you can communicate with them daily and directly as much as you need. Um, so that's a really nice part of the program that I really enjoyed is just being able to go over there and learn from them, talk with them run with them if you want to. Um, and you definitely get some exposure there. And then on the sideline, um, during games and stuff, just talking to them, building relationships about patients, um, or talking about patients and, um, kind of building that um, that interdisciplinary relationship with them and the communication, um, a communication from a coverage standpoint is a really cool uh, opportunity too so you cover the sideline most of the, the physicians that cover um, for the residency program for all the local high schools also provide coverage at duke athletics and so they have a mixed understanding of both settings and so it's a cool thing to kind of get pick their brains about that kind of stuff too Right.
0: And so obviously Duke, you know, has a pretty good sports medicine um, setting in their residency program. So what made you want to pursue um, continue with their fellowship that's like solely focused on D1 sports um, and the other couple of fellows that I've talked to on the podcast, you know, kind of emphasize that the fellowship main priority is trying to get how or, you know, discussing how PTs fit into the larger sports medicine team. So what made you want to pursue Duke's fellowship in particular and then why Mm -hmm. fellowship in general?
1: yeah i think fellowship for me was just another step to help me get towards a kind of the end, end career goals of just being able to work in this environment in the, the college or or indoor professional setting um i still finishing residency still felt like i had a gap in understanding how to practice in the, that environment um seeing a patient every day is a lot different than seeing a patient a couple times a week i'm uh, seeing an athlete every day and and, and then also working um, really closely with their strength coaches, um, performance staff, the teams coaches, um, as well as the other medical providers. So I think at of residency, I got a good understanding of how to work with the team physicians, how to work with, um, the athletic training staff. Um, but I really wanted to build that, um, in terms of how to see, um, athletes in a more of a performance environment where they're, um, they're, uh, they're working at a little bit higher level. Um, and then they have, they're being seen a little bit more frequently, um, And uh, and there's a little bit more parties that are involved in their um, their 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 success and their um, their journey back into sport.
0: Right, and so you know that's one thing that I always kind of am curious about. With your standard outpatient clinic, you see a patient two to three times a week, right? But with High-level sports and like, especially at the uh, the collegiate level or professional level, you're seeing these patients every day. Let's say if it's a post-op patient. So, what are like the major differences that you've noticed when you're treating a someone every day versus when you see them on like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of schedule?
1: Yeah, I think it's really challenged me to periodize rehab a little bit more, um, and so pull in a little bit more of the strength and conditioning principles of of um, um, of how we're progressing um, them through week to week, because you have the opportunity to see them um every day but then also build in recovery and um and focus on other areas um and uh other parts of their um body their fitness levels other things throughout what you do and so you have to coordinate that with the rest of the members on the team pretty um closely because a lot of times when I first got into it I was like oh I need to work with them every day and challenge them every day but they have a lot of other buckets that they're being that are being filled by other people that are working with them so they have their strength coach or their performance staff they've got athletic trainer that works with the team, they got you, um, and then, uh, some of them like to do stuff on their own too. Right. So you got all these different areas where buckets can be filled in terms of their, um, their, uh, kind of, I think it like load or their capacity of what they can, can manage. Right. So if it's a a knee or a, you know, or a hip that you're rehabbing or something, you know, anything, but, um, that joint may only be able to tolerate so much that you're doing as you're progressing them in a post-op setting, our post-op case. And so making sure that you're um, not overdoing it when you see them every day is something that's important. Um, And then also making sure everybody's on the same page and communicating about what you're doing so that you're not just filling up their strength bucket when they're working with the strength coach or um, filling out, you know, rehab stuff when the uh, athletic trainer is working with them on similar things.
0: Right. And so how do you kind of make sure, uh, obviously communication is important, but when you're working with an athlete that wants to kind of do it all to kind of do their, get back onto the field as fast as possible how do you kind of work on reining them in um especially when you know they're you know tunnel tunnel visioned and only want to get back on the field and won't see the like harmful side effects of doing too much
1: yeah i think it's uh always starts with communication and and just setting good expectations in the, the early part of rehab um and making sure everybody from the sports medicine side and their performance side is all on the same page and so um having worked at a couple of different teams, um, I think it can be done a lot of different ways. Um, you know, uh, in our football setting, um, at least kind of the last year, it's a little, a little more siloed where the strength coach, um, kind of works on strength stuff. PT works on rehab stuff. Athletic trainer works on, um, uh, managing kind of all the athletes they come in for treatment and then coverage field coverage, everything else. And so it can be a little bit more, um, you know, PT is going to work with the post-op rehab guys and then the strength coach is going to fill in that bucket of strength coaching. Well, in basketball, it might be, have a little bit more overlap where guys that are injured, the PT might have, because he's got less guys to manage, might be able to take on a little bit more role of kind of managing some of their strength and conditioning too as they're getting back into rehab and back onto the field court. May even be able to take a role in terms of some of their court drills. So um, I think it just it starts with every team having a good idea of what that looks like for the team. And then setting clear expectations for the athletes, so they know um, where each of those things are going to come from, and who's saying what, and everybody's communicating clearly to them.
0: Right. Um, so one of the things you said that you went back to do a fellowship for was kind of work more with more hand in hand with the strength coach staff uh, to make sure you feel like comfortable working with everyone on the sports medicine team. So what's one of the number one things you've learned working with you know collegiate strength strength
1: and conditioning um, staff? Yeah, I think I've learned a lot in terms of what they um, kind of what they're doing in in uh, their goals for the team can really help guide you in terms of what you're going to build the athlete back for. So you can consider the demands of the sport that the athlete has to get back to, but also the demands of what their conditioning and what their lifting kind of looks like too. So if there, you have a coach that does a lot of Olympic lifting. Um, then kind of building that kind of stuff into their program as they get back in is something you can definitely focus on. If it's a coach that doesn't do as much of that, but likes to do different types of training, you can kind of start focusing on them and building that into what they do. So I think, again, trying to just make a smooth continuum of what they're doing back into sport um, and then back into training too. And different coaches that I've worked with have different um, desire to work in the rehab setting or different skill sets. And there's some strength coaches that do a lot of kind of um even want to build in some of the stuff um that you're doing in rehab into their programming um and other coaches are like you yeah, you rehab that limb and then i'll take all the rest of the stuff so i think just making sure that you have a clear understanding of where they want to do things and where they're coming from um and then really kind of digging deeper into what their programming looks like what the fitness level that the athlete has to get back to um and what the sport demands are can help you um key in on on building better programming from them in your rehab. And they do a great job of it from a strength standpoint. So um, I think modeling some of your rehab, of what they do is is key to getting them back integrated back um, with their team.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great answer. Often people just say, you know, communicating with the strength staff, but it's kind of general. So I really like that in-depth answer of kind of how working with different, you know, different t- teams, um, you know, football, basketball, they might have different ways of there's like individualized coaching, and you have to kind of make sure you tailor your rehab treatment so they can transition smoothly back to, you know, being integrated with the team. Um, so what are some different challenges you faced during your during your residency or currently during your fellowship, anything that you did not foresee, kind of as you entered those different parts
1: of your career? Yeah, I think uh, with residency, it was a big learning curve in general. I think you're, you're trying to learn how to be a PT at the same time as learning how to be a sports PT and operate in that environment. And so big kind of learning, learning curve in terms of um, acute management of injury and illness and stuff while you're still like getting your fundamentals of being a PT down, right? So that can be a big, like it was a big challenge for me in terms of just taking on, um, you want to take on all these different learning opportunities, but you're also getting kind of overwhelmed on what you can do. Um, I think moving into, um, fellowship, uh, here at Duke, there's just so many opportunities to get involved and do cool stuff. It's just really learning how to say no and be like, I got to manage this stuff well before I take on something new sometimes. Um, and, uh, everybody wants to get you involved and, 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 uh, teach you and, and give you opportunities to learn. Um, and they're all really good opportunities, just kind of managing, uh, what's in the scope of what I can do well. Um, and then, um kind of build on that stuff before taking on new things. That's been a big challenge for me. Um, and then I think additionally, kind of a fellowship level is learning that each team is different and each sport is different. Um, and you're gonna have to be flexible and creative in how you um, work with different teams, different athletes. Um, and then how you're gonna integrate them back into sport is gonna look different depending on the sport. And I, I think that kind of makes sense. Um, because it, every sport's different, but also just kind of when it comes down to practical terms of how do you do that, it really takes a lot of learning and um, learning from the athlete, learning from the coaches, learning from their their performance staff, and um, just kind of keying in on what are the things that they feel like are most important as they're building in the rehab program, programming, um, and trying to tie that kind of stuff in.
0: Right. Um, so one question that I always have for people that work, you know, in high level sports is, how do you kind of find different ways to challenge athletes uh, when it's their end phase of rehab, when they're trying to get back on the fields and return to sport? Uh, you obviously want to place as much demands on them that's as similar to their sports as possible. So how do you kind of find ways to challenge those, you know, athletes that are doing, you know, running as fast as like humanly possible and also and evading things and, uh, you know, all these different high-level things that it's hard to kind of emulate in the clinic. How do you kind of make sure that they're sufficiently challenged to be ready to go back into the field
1: yeah I think that's one of my favorite parts about working in this setting is just the uh, resources that you have to do that kind of stuff Um, one you know you can you can try to build that stuff and even while I do still some stuff still work somewhat in the clinic I try to build that stuff into what I do as much as I can but you can be limited by Uh, one what you have access to space can be a limitation just having you as the other defender for them or you know offensive player when you're just doing one-on-one stuff um that's great and you can build a lot on that um but it's nice when you can use their teammates um their performance staff and really start to integrate them into the training so a lot of the stuff that we do would be um kind of like focusing on um uh, integrating them back with the team and um, like, team-based drills and stuff. And so you can communicate with their performance staff and their team staff on um, what kind of things are safe for them to participate in, what things aren't for them yet, um, and really integrate them into that. Another thing that we'll do is use um, their um, kind of GPS or load tracking stuff um, to integrate them better. Um, a lot of that we have um, beforehand and we have an idea of what the athletes um like pre-injury data on them and so we know what they were working at before um what a typical volume was like for them and then what typical speeds and, and abilities they had for like change of direction things like that too so um you can also use that kind of information to um, help better integrate them into um, support by um, one knowing the demands of what they need to get back to and then using it as a measuring stick of how close are we um, back to full go
0: gotcha um, so this question is kind of more broad and, uh, ambiguous, but what, you know, wh- why do you love sports PT and kind of what keeps you going when you're being pulled in 500 different directions, trying to work these different team practices, trying to manage your loading clinic? Uh, what do you, what kind of keeps you going and realize like, okay, this is what I want to do for, you know, my career.
1: Um, I think just the athletes. I, I, I was an athlete myself and it just is such a fun environment to be around. Um, I love the competitive environment I love watching our athletes win and and do well and um and then uh you know I think a lot of people get drawn into PT to help people um and then also help them overcome situations that they have in their life and I think it's a cool time in, in the athlete's life in college to be around them um and then also just um to help them get back to what their what their their goals are getting back to sport and competing again so it's just such a cool cool atmosphere to be in and Um, having been in it myself before just makes it more fun to stay involved and stay connected in it
0: right um so kind of can you give us a day in the life of what it's like to be a duke uh you know d1 sports pt fellow like obviously it changes season to season team to team but kind of give us like a general day in the life of what it's like to be you
1: yeah so for the fall um I was with football, and so every morning, get up early, start with uh, treatment and taping stuff pre-practice with the football team. If you have any rehab guys that you're working with, you can start working some stuff with them there. Um, and then uh, go down to practice, help cover practice and, um, with the athletic training staff, and, um, and then come back up. If you have any other guys that have rehab stuff to do, um, spend the rest of the morning kind of working with them. And then in the afternoon, I spent my time at our sports medicine clinic um for a couple of days a week working there um see for a variety of different things since it's so adjacent to our um md clinic uh get a lot of referrals from them and get to work with local um high school college athletes um the occasional professional athlete will roll through too and so um that's kind of what my afternoons would look like over there and then come back over to duke athletics if there's any games in the evening and cover those too um and then kind of rolling through the spring i've gotten to roll through um wrestling uh, men and women's basketball and then I'm currently working with um, men's basketball and then men's lacrosse now um, and helping them manage some of their um, catapult um, tracking and load data and then um, some of the other player monitoring that they do too.
0: Gotcha um, so do you have any favorite memories um, working at Duke whether it's in residency and fellowship anything like on the field or anything like even just like the day-to-day things that you've really enjoyed working at Duke?
1: Yeah. I think the wins are always fun. Um, you know, and and just being around for when the athletes succeed, I think seeing an athlete get back on the field for the first time is always such a cool experience. experience. It's definitely nerve wracking when it's in the college setting. Um, and that's something that I've learned, um, as opposed to the clinic, sometimes in the clinic, you, you return somebody to sport, you did all your testing, they passed, they go on to sport, and you never see them again. Um, but in this environment, you let somebody go back to sport and then you get to watch if it worked. And so, um, and, and, and then continue to manage them too, uh, as they, as they get back into the sport, it's not just a done deal, um, they're back and on out team again. So that's something, something that's been a really cool part of it. Um, sometimes nerve wracking, but awesome. Uh, I think the opportunity to work with some of the coaches here has been really good. And the time that they get to talk to you, um, and learn from them, um, both with football and basketball has been really cool, um, for me this year. Um, and then I think, uh, just uh, the conversations that you had to have with athletes and help kind of um, hold their hand and walk them through rehab, even in the tough times, is is a rewarding experience too. Because um, it's not always easy. People are um, not able to participate in the sport that they want to. They're they're separated from their team in, in a way. We try to mitigate that as much as possible and get them engaged in practice and and with the team as much as possible. But it's a good time to be there and to support them and um, kind of help. Uh, help them along the way as they get back in
0: right i think that's kind of why we all do pts because we like to help people but especially for yeah you know 18 to 20 year olds sometimes this is sometimes their first time getting hurt and so being able to yeah. make sure they feel like they're a part of a team and feel like you know there's someone there with them is, is especially awesome
1: yeah it's a really cool experience and it's definitely definitely uh rewarding in that part but but definitely tough too
0: Um, so last question for you, Tommy, uh, do you have any advice for anybody that's an aspiring sports PT, whether they're an undergrad or in PT school or, you know, they're early career professionals and no matter what level they want to work at, you know, private practice, outpatient, um, collegiate or professional.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's just really, uh, kind of learn as much as you can and develop as much as you can. Um, I think you're going to have, whether you're a PT student um, or you're a resident, or you're just somebody who's already a PT and wants to get into this environment. I think um, just looking for opportunities to get connected and learn from people is huge. Um, when I was a student, I spent a lot of time um, learning from my athletic training staffs, um, and then from uh, just even colleagues, like other students that were athletic trainers, just spending as much time as I could from them with them to, to kind of learn what their skill set was, how to better communicate with them, what they do, and then kind of mirror that with what I do and and how do I best communicate and work with them as a team. Um, I think collaboration is like the biggest thing in sports um, in the sports setting that's not unique to PT because it happens in every kind of discipline in PT. But I think it's um, it's definitely something that that takes a big part of your skill set to navigate um, and just a communication part. Um, But I think taking every opportunity that you can to learn from people of other disciplines can help better inform what you do as a sports PT. Um, That's probably the biggest takeaway. And then um, take any opportunity that you can to get exposed to it, even if it's just observing or if it's, um, you know, becoming uh, getting a rotation in the environment, just shadowing in the environment. That kind of stuff can really give you a taste of if it's something that you really want to do. Um, it does take a lot of time. It's different than working in the clinic. The hours can sometimes be different too. Um, but if you're, it's really something that you love and you enjoy. Um, it's a really rewarding experience and some cool thing to be involved with. Gotcha. I think that's great advice. Uh,
0: you know, getting getting involved has been something that I've you know enjoyed doing. And even though like the hours can be tough, it's something you know I've kind of solidified. It's like, all right, this is a field I've wanted to work in. Um, but yeah, Tommy, thank you so much for um, coming on to the podcast. Is there anything that you would like to plug or anything that
1: um, you'd like to shout out or anything like that? Um, no, I'm just really grateful for everyone who's given me the opportunity to do, you know, get into this experience and, and this environment and um, kind of help me along the way. And uh, really grateful for everybody on Duke staff here to give me the shot at um, doing residency and then let me remediate the experience <laughs> as a fellow and be here again and, um, and, and continue to learn from them. And, um, and yeah, it's just been a really good experience for me and definitely giving me the ability to kind of, um, learn how to operate in this environment and hopefully, hopefully stay in this environment too.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Tommy, thank you again for coming on to the latest episode of the sports rehab experts podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Tommy Otley of Duke University Sports Residency and Fellowship Programs for coming on today's episode of Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. If you liked what you heard from Tommy and want to hear more from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.